Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. All right, everybody. Our entire goal with this show is to help you rise above the noise to be your own loud, but more importantly, separate you from the advisor down the street. We've talked about that in a lot of different ways. Like, How can you market more successfully? How can your websites be better? What does your brand look like? And of course, how you can podcast. But today we're going to talk about fundamentally changing some of the ways that you do things so that you're going to be more referable, you're going to have deeper relationships with your clients, and more importantly, you are going to totally be the only advisor in your area to do this. Sandra Davis is my guest today. Hi, Sandra. Listen, you have so much alphabet soup after your name, my friend. I don't even really know where to begin. So why don't you give everybody just a brief introduction of who you are, and then let's dive in on how we can make advisors fundamentally different. Thank you, Matt. I am thrilled to be with you. I have listened to you. I've listened to the podcast. I love you and your whole approach. So I'm Sandra Davis. I think the most impactful of the alphabet soup is that I'm a certified mindfulness teacher. I'm a master certified coach. I have a master's degree in financial planning, and I have a program that is actually a coach training program, which is the accredited personal finance coach. Oh, and yeah, I'm also a financial behavior specialist. So there's a couple extra ones in there. But the reason that I bring up what's most impactful is really just the point that you just made. How are you going to be different from, right? And so all of my work is about who are we being first, because our being then drives our doing. So I lead with that mindfulness. I lead with that coaching aspect of it. And that's what I really think is unique about what I bring to the table when I'm working with folks. Sandra, we do a webinar uh, pretty regularly. And one of the slides that I have is a lady named Candace Parker. Candace Parker happens to be one of the greatest basketball players of our time. And she, I bring her up because of she's been quoted repeatedly saying how important it is to be in the right mindset, but even more importantly is to practice. And I don't believe advisors really do that enough. I challenge advisors all the time. When is the last time that you practiced a difficult client meeting, a prospect meeting, a difficult phone call? And you're talking about mindfulness here. And I just, because I knew I was recording with you today, I previewed this mindfulness with my team yesterday during our team meeting. And I said, look, when you wake up in the morning, what do you think about? In that initial thought, that sort of planning, and then at the end of the day, and I do this, is I grade myself in six different areas. And I'm not going to talk about what those six different areas are. If you want to know, you'd have to, Sandra and I will have that conversation, but I'm not going to share that with absolutely everybody right now. But that allows me to have a bookend of each of my days. So let's talk about mindfulness and why it's so vitally important for an advisor to separate themselves from the other advisors in their community. Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think that when advisors do it for themselves, and the reason that I use themselves instead of ourselves is because I actually don't serve as an advisor anymore, right? I'm trained as an advisor, but that's not what I do anymore. Now I'm 100% coaching, 100% teaching. That's what I do. What I think is most important about this is that if you don't know who you are, 
your strengths and your weaknesses, it's going to be very difficult for you to be able to deliver the highest quality services to your clients at any given point, like wherever they are. Most of the times, and actually what drove me to this approach, is listening to financial professionals who wanted to fire their clients. I got a client that ain't doing this, that, or the other. I'm going to fire that client, right? And so what mindfulness can do for us is help us self-manage. We cannot manage what we're not aware of. So if we're self-aware, we can self-manage, which is going to make us better whether our clients are following the plan or not. As a philosophy undergrad, which my undergraduate degree is in applied ethics, which is a very specialized aspect of philosophy, we still had to learn from Socrates and Plato and African philosophers, Chinese philosophers. We had actually this wonderful worldview philosophy instead of just basically Eastern, I'm sorry, Western uh, philosophy. And knowing thyself is one of those core principles that we all need to know. But Sandra, here's the deal. Advisors or coach junkies, shouldn't they have addressed this with one of their personal, professional, or life coaches? Often we coach for performance. We don't coach for being, right? And an effective coach, a good coach, is going to help you navigate your being in the context of what you want your life to look like externally. So if I'm not cool with Sandra, if I don't have my inner game together, my outer game is going to be garbage, And my outer game is going to be based on whatever my mood is at the time, whatever the external circumstances are at the time. So if I want to be able to bring my best game all the time, even when stuff is tough, I have to, that's an inside job. That's an inside job. And it has very little to do with coaching for performance. Coaching for performance is necessary, but insufficient. If you do the internal work, then you're going to be better from the coaching for performance standpoint. But I got to challenge you on this. And and I love you. And this comes from a place of love. You're talking about scary stuff, man. Like you're making me look in the mirror and really addressing some of my core issues. How does that actually help an advisor? You previewed that a little bit, but I want you to take this to another level, please. Love is mutual, Matt. Love is mutual, right? So I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm going to tell you straight up. If you do not look in the mirror, how will you know if you don't have, if you have spinach in your teeth, (laughs) right? So if I'm your coach and I'm supporting you in being your best, I'm going to hold up that mirror so that you can decide what parts of you are having the impact that you want. And what parts are getting in the way of not only you being your best for your clients, but just you being your best for you. I know a lot of financial advisors, financial planners who are doing great work for their clients and are not living the life that they want to live. And so the question then becomes, if looking in the mirror is uncomfortable for you, what is that saying about how you're judging yourself? And so As a mindfulness practitioner, as a coach, my job is to help you look in the mirror with grace and kindness, still being bold, got to be bold, because if there's some stuff that needs to change, you just got to change it. But, But to be able to look at yourself with deep compassion and then use mindfulness practices and self-awareness practices to bring yourself into alignment with who you say you are. 
and what you want to be. And what a wonderful gift that then in turn transfers to your clients. So you and I had talked about this in our pre-record call. We don't know what happened to a person 30 seconds before they walk in our door. And if you're not right with yourself, then you're going to be transferring your issues on top of a person who could already be having issues. And so many advisors on their websites, and you've read a hundred million of these, I help you retire to the life that you've always wanted, right? But if you're not living the life that you wanted, how do you be able, how can you recognize that in others? Now, let's break this down to the brass tacks of truly being able to market yourself. So one of the things that we do say, and I said this at the top of the show, is we want you to unapologetically be yourself because if you are yourself, you have zero competition. That work does take time. How does an advise? where do they even begin, Sandra? Maybe we just need to start there. Let's just do a little bit of a reset and, and talk about how does one begin this journey because it is not a quick process normally. Yeah, you're right. It's not quick, right? And and the thing I like about the process is that it is iterative, right? Who I am today is not who I was 10 years ago and not who I was 10 years before that. The fact is, everything that I've ever done, every job I've ever had, you and I share that Navy thing, right? Everything I have ever done shows up in how I appear to you today. What I'm looking for is the lessons along the way. So I coach folks to navigate those shoulda, woulda, couldas, the places where we're unkind. So the first thing that I will say for many people, it's difficult to start out from a strengths-based perspective. Let's face it, our society is look for what's wrong. We live in a society that first looks for what's wrong. And I'm saying, look for what's right first. What are you already doing? that you're really proud of? What are you already doing that you feel like you're in flow? You get up in the morning, you're doing your thing. It's good. So start there. And then we move to the next step. I love flow. I love that idea. And and we look at financial services professionals with the word professional, right? So you are a pro. Most of you have substantial amount of education and training behind you. You've done your 10,000 hours, tick those boxes. But we don't treat ourselves like the professionals that we need to be. And one of the other things that you talk a lot about in your programs, plural, because there are many things, and we're going to talk about that here in just a minute, is making sure that you are recharging your batteries. Because we live in an environment that you were an advisor at one point, right? And I've coached so many of them for so long that it is go, grind, grow. And then, you know, they wonder, why am I so tired all the time? Why am I so grumpy with my team? Why do I feel like crap all the time? Why am I on every single solitary medication that I shouldn't be on at the age of 60? Talk to us about that a little bit, will you? So two things about that. I feel like advisors take responsibility that is not theirs to take. The first thing we can create a plan. We can do all of the professional development so that we know everything from a grut to a grat and a crut and a crat and how the income, we know all the stuff. We know the stuff, right? We know the stuff. And we can bring that knowledge to our clients in the best possible ways. The bottom line is that unless we are implementing the plan, unless we are the behavior person doing it for the client, they're going to do it or they're not. And I think advisors still take ownership of things for which they have no control. We cannot control what a client does with that plan. We can manage the assets. We can make sure the products are in place. We can do that. 
but we cannot stop them from outpacing their safe withdrawal rates. We cannot stop them from doing things that harm them. And I think when advisors take responsibility for that, they harm themselves, they harm their families, they harm their practices. And so I believe that the earlier that an advisor can say, I'm going to be my authentic self with you as a client, you don't have to say these words, but that's who you're being, right? And if you're going to work with me, the agreement that we are creating is that I'm going to do my job and you're going to do yours. And so you begin your relationship with a client with an understanding that this is a partnership. We are co-creating this plan to get you where you're telling me you want to go. Now, I'm telling you the stuff that I know that you might not know. But the fact is, you're an expert in your own life. I have information, but you're the expert. So when we're looking at this plan, I want you to tell me where are the areas that this is going to be hard for you to implement. So we're starting from there. So I'm not trying to own what is your work to do. Man, that level of internalization and responsibility that advisors force upon themselves is one of the other reasons why they, they don't actually get out of their comfort zone and maybe create content and, and actually get their personality out there. there. There are a lot of people out right now. In fact, Johannes Harrison is speaking all over the place about behavioral finance. Dr. Daniel Crosby is doing it about behavioral finance. And I love that that's how you could even get your foot in the water of dealing with and working through all of the stuff, Sandra, that you're talking about, because that sort of external focus of, okay, I'm going to help my clients is going to force you to be reflective on your own internal behaviors. I have to tell you a quick story. You talk about spending the out outpacing of your retirement. I worked with an advisor many years ago and he was like, Matt, I'm not motivated, Matt, I'm not motivated. And I'm like, dude, you have so much inner work to do. Like you got so many freaking issues, man. Because I was a therapist when I first started becoming a, you know, a financial services coach. And it was really hard for me to turn that off. But uh, and so he was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something really bold and I'm going to talk to you about it next week. <clears throat> and I was like, <clears throat> all right, what's he going to do? He bought himself a Lamborghini on credit. And he said, I'm going to do this because I know I have to pay this off. And I was and I said to him, would you ever recommend a client does that? And he said, that's not the point. It isn't the point. And now mind you, he did it. He paid it off. And then I was still working with him when he paid it off, Sandra. And I was like, how do you feel now? Guess how he felt? He had a still the gaping hole in his soul that he wasn't, he was trying to fill it with stuff and things. And, and I want everybody to understand that the reason why I wanted Sandra to come on the show is because the ripple effect, the lasting effects of actually doing the work that you train and teach advisors and professionals how to do translates so strongly into how they're dealing with their clients, their referability, the content that they create, and really the happiness of their life. And ask your own, I want everybody to just pause for a minute and ask yourself, are you happy? Because that's a heavy question. Okay, I just ranted there for a minute. Where do you want to go from here? Well, I'm glad that you did because a couple of things that you brought up I want to pinpoint. The first thing is we cannot truly and authentically do something with our clients that we have not done for ourselves. We do not have to be therapists, nor do we have to play one on TV 
to use therapeutic approaches with our clients. So there's a difference. A lot of times people say, oh, I feel like I was in a therapy session. No, when you're with me, I'm not a therapist. So you are not in a therapy session. I use therapeutic approaches in my coaching work. And the reason I think this is so important for advisors is that when you do that for yourself, you give yourself the gift of imperfection. And you do that by grace and self-compassion. So you become more comfortable with, you know what? Let me look into this and I'll get back to you. You don't have to feel like, I do a talk called Advisor as Hero. And we get to pull back and take the cape off. And our humanity in working with the clients inspires their humanity. And for the friend that you said you were working with that went with the Lamborghini, he had no, he, it sounds as though he had no idea what he wanted the Lamborghini to do for him. So I remember when I first partnered with my partner, we've been together 23 years now and no one has died, which is amazing. As, <clears throat> but I say that because he's the saver and I'm the spender. Right. I didn't know I was a spender until I met the saver. Right. So I had no idea that it was even a thing. And so when we met, we were deciding we we're going to buy a house. We live in a two bedroom, two bath condo, 994 square feet for two really big personalities. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And when we started looking for the house, I wanted the house with the stairs, the double staircase and the three master bedrooms and a cupola. I didn't even know what a cupola was, but I, <laughs> I wanted a cupola because I could knit and do yoga up there. And after a bunch of searching and too long of a story, he said, let's just buy the condo. I'm like, dude, I didn't hook up with somebody who had more money than me to end up living where I was already living. All right, That's not what I was trying to do. We were both making good money and we could afford. But he said, let's buy this best decision we ever made. And the decision was the best one because I had no idea why that big house mattered to me. Turns out that this condo that we still live in today paid for me to go back to college, funded me starting up my business. Now, here we are, fast forward 23 years later, we plan to live outside of the country six months out of the year. We can lock this door, lock the door on this sucker and go and not have to worry. So sometimes if we don't know where we're going, what's the quote? Any road will get us there. And so for advisors, the same thing we do for our clients, we must do for ourselves. What do you think you want and what's important to you about it. Notice I don't say, why do you want it? You don't have to defend it. What do you think you want? And what's important to you about it? And if we can do that work first, we can create a business that then also has a succession planning, desirable pathway for younger planners coming behind us. I hear financial planners all the time, advisors all over the country talking about succession plan, a succession plan. Nobody wants your business if you are exhausted, going through a traumatic divorce, never take a break, and you can't sleep because your clients are freaking out over a crash in the stock market. Nobody wants that business. A business valuator, I would be looking at all of those sorts of things. In fact, one of my good friends, David Grau Jr., runs a Succession Resource Group, and him and I argue about that stuff so nerdily, like through text messaging. All right. So here's, let's flip the switch here and go very practical. So 
I know that you can coach financial advisors to figure this stuff out for themselves. How can you help financial advisors change the conversations that they're having with their clients by giving them some sort of training and education? So again, you can have the greatest rates of return, the greatest financial plan in the world, but unless you're truly impacting your clients' lives, your referability is going to be exponentially less. So take it away, Sandra. Where are you at there? Yeah, the same thing starts with you. Right. So when I'm training coaches in the coach training that we do, the first thing we do is who are you? Who are you? And then what is your why? The thing I like for people to understand about their why is your why shows you both your strengths and your weaknesses. So, for instance, my why is belonging. When I feel like I belong, I'm warm and cuddly and clever and charismatic and all of that. When I don't feel like I belong, I can be curt and brusque and distant And so when we know our why, we can look at both sides. So when I'm training coaches, that's where we start. When I'm training financial professionals to use coaching skills, we start in that same place. Who are you? What is important to you? What are your strengths and your weaknesses? Then we focus on what we believe are really the four core things, right? How do you listen? How do you inquire from your clients for real discovery. And I'm not talking about data collection, I'm talking about real discovery. And then how do you both use your intuition and self-manage just because you think it doesn't make it true, right? So I can have intuition. I can think something about a client and their situation, but just because I think it doesn't make it true, particularly around behavior, emotions, and quality of life. So that's literally where we start. But to your point, it's something that we have to practice. I thought I was a great listener until I learned that I wasn't. This is what taught me that I was a terrible listener 450 episodes ago. And in fact, and and I've talked a little bit about this, but in the near future, I actually have an entire book coming out uh, that actually talks about listening and interviewing skills and how you can use a lot of those sorts of skills that I know that you teach within your program. Mine's just going to be a very short how-to guide, but it is so vitally important. And again, everything that you just said there, that translates so wonderfully into the client relationship. When clients actually feel heard everything changes. But until you have been heard, you don't know what that feels like. All right. So here's the thing. How do people find out more about you and your you specifically? And then how can they plug into some of the training that you offer for financial services professionals? Thank you. So the first thing is I am really easy to find. My preferred way is on LinkedIn. So if people just want to connect with me, follow what I'm doing, you can follow me on LinkedIn. If we know each other, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And I talk a lot about what I'm doing, where I'm doing it, all of my speaking engagements and all of that are there. If people want to look at training, either the coach, the full coach training program or the professional development things that we do, like the advisor's hero is very popular. And then one of my very favorites is how to talk how to listen so that your clients will talk. That's another one that I really think is very popular. And with that, you want to go to sagefinancialsolutions.org. We are a nonprofit organization, hence the org, not the com. And that's how people can find us, sign up for our mail list. And that's the best way to find out what we're doing. The main thing that I will say is start with being kind with you because that's what you're going to hear from me. So if you don't, if you don't want that, I'm not your girl. I'm, I am absolutely an advocate for self-compassion and self-care as a way 
through everything else that we experience. And also, listen, a shameless plug that I'm going to do for you. If you want an unbelievable, dynamic, and engaging speaker, too, Sandra is phenomenal. So if you're in a local FPA, NAFA chapter, if you're in an organization, if you have a larger RIA or whatever, please go ahead and bring her in because this is what people want. And I'm going to close with that. People don't want to be sold to anymore. They want to buy from you. People want to refer you. We talk a lot about this, Sandra, on this podcast. A lot of advisors are talking to skeptics, but what they really want to do is have a relationship with their fans. And if you learn how to accelerate your influence, by the way, listening is a huge component of being more influential, which is the only reason why I've achieved any influence in my career. It it really does move you across that influence continuum so that you're not talking to skeptics. Because by the way, some of your clients are skeptics that you have to resell every time. And I know advisors are like, well, crap, Matt, I do have to do that. And we really want them to go and move to fans. All right. My favorite question that I've ever asked anybody is what should I have asked you that I didn't? This work matters because financial advisors, financial professionals do something that no other profession does. No other profession does this. Even when you look at the medical profession, they're going to take care of your body. They're going to take care of your health. A financial advisor is not only working with the human that's in front of them or on the screen these days, right? They're working with the family legacy that brought that person to where they are. They're working with the children that are to come, whether they're biological children or the folks that will be influenced. And financial advisors have to think of everything. All of the eight domains of wellness, a financial planner has to think of it all. And so you all have this incredible uh, job that is huge and you deserve to care for yourself in the same way you care for your clients. And the more you put yourself first, the easier it will be to be with your clients when they're going through challenging times and to be able to celebrate with them when they're going through good. Advisors say all the time, pay yourself first. We're talking about paying yourself in just a little different way because the power of paying yourself first is even more powerful when you're emotionally paying yourself first, giving yourself that grace, giving yourself that forgiveness, understanding that you are where you are right now because of all of the everything you've been through in the past. Sandra, it has been an absolute pleasure. Listen, everybody, uh, please go ahead and we'll have links in the show notes, of course. Follow her on social media, especially LinkedIn. Uh, Go ahead and go through some training because all of you are professionals. We need to consistently be sharpening our saw. And the best way for you to do that is to do the work on yourself so that you can do better work with your clients. And if you want to know more about how to accelerate your influence, all you have to do is go to podrocketacademy.com. Please go to podrocketacademy.com. You can join right now for free and you can start actually starting to do some introspective work using our brand basics worksheet. Ask yourself some of the questions that Sandra just asked about your brand, which in turn is going to start making you ask questions about yourself. All right, for Sandra and all of us here at Crowdmouth, this is Matt Halloran. We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.